beloved children. First John 3, 1, 2, and 3. In a big farm where many workers, some of them had worked there many years. There was a young man called Roberto working in the field among other workers. Those co-workers used to bully him because there was a rumor about him. One day, someone came with news that Roberto was the son of the owner of the farm. His mother used to work at the kitchen for years. This young man was suffering because others were making fun of him. Every time they bullied him, he wanted to cry. But he was strong enough to still go to work. One day, those people started making bad jokes again. But something had changed in Roberto's attitude. He was smiling and whistling as if he was enjoying the bullying. Last night, Roberto was called to the office by the boss who told him the whole story. He said, I was in love with your mother, but my parents didn't want me to marry her. I was too young and decided to stop that relationship. Your mother left the farm and I never saw her again until yesterday when she came here to tell me that you are my son. Roberto, I want to give you my last name and make you my legal son if you want. Everything changed for Roberto that day. Roberto had a sad life without a father and had been poor and bullied. But now, everything had changed for him. He now had a father who loves him and supports him. Soon, Roberto will join his dad and leave his place of suffering. Like Roberto, Christians shall rejoice knowing that God is their father, a loving father that wants us to live with him forever. The first letter of John that you have ready now, open, was in general for Christians of the first century. The apostle wants the church to be stable in the original doctrine of Christ. And John advises them that they have to remain in Christ. He wrote, do not listen to the new teacher preachers and their false doctrines. Believers have to keep the same doctrine that the apostles preached at the beginning. John gave his brothers some tips 
to ident identify false prophets. One is that their doctrine is different. Second, their lives are not in accordance with holiness. Also, he said that some people among them do not belong to the real church. They love false doctrine and they are in continual practice of sin. Staying in the original doctrine and living a holy life makes true Christians different. And they will be rejected from the world and by the false brothers of the church. Thinking about this, John wants to encourage his brothers in faith to rejoice and keep going strong even if the false teaching is growing more and more and some members are leaving church. John the Apostle also keeps exhorting them to be sanctified because sanctification is an evidence of the authentic believers. Let's read and meditate in this text, 1 John 3, 1, 2, and 3. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that he shall, shall be called children, that we shall be called children of God. And so we are. The, the reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Verse 2, beloved, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him because we shall see him as he is. Verse 3, and everyone who does hopes, him, in, him purifies himself as he is pure. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Apostle John, who is trying to make us feel security, happiness, satisfaction in, in this paragraph. Thank you because you made us your children. That's wonderful, and we love you too. Help us to open our hearts for your word. Lead us, teach us, and encourage us to, to live in holiness the rest of your lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Tonight we will see three benefits of being loved by God. Three benefits. So we can live motivated even if we are strangers in this world, waiting and improving for our Father. Those three benefits are, one, we are children of God. Second, we will be glorified by God. Third, we have been sanctified by God. First, we are children of God. John starts here with one word. It's a command. See, pay attention, consider, realize, meditate. 
John wants the people of the church to open their eyes wide. My question is, where are your eyes set now? What are you looking at in this life? He wants the Christians to see what kind of love the Father has given to us. It is not just any love. It is love coming straight from the God, the Father. Do you think that love coming from Father is something special? I do. Must be something special. If it's coming from a loving Father, it's good. Okay, now that you are meditating, think this love must be a special kind of love because we should be called children of God. The more we are receiving by love, the greatest is that love. The love of God is as great as if you took your enemy from street, forgave him, cleaned him, washed him, healed him, fed him, gave your room, your house, your table, and called him your child forever. But this is not a simple physical material action. God gave us cleansing from sin. He is not giving us a simple temporal house in this world. He is giving us an eternal house to live on his kingdom forever. Is it special or not? For me, it is. I don't know about you, but I'm happy about this. I appreciate that. And I wish you say, amen. This is special. Amen. I won't criticize anyone to say amen. <laughs> if we are called children of God by God, that means that we indeed are his children. We are. And that is something great. Are you thankful because of that? Amen. It happens to us that we are most of the time looking at material things. But we don't see what a blessing is to be called children of God. John wants us to rejoice looking at our privilege. By the way, it is a huge privilege. Are you looking every day at the love of God as for you? How long have you been a child of God and you just forgot it? That's why sometimes we suffer. Because we are not looking what we have to look. You know, everybody wish, wishes a rich father. Would you like to have a rich father, millionaire? Four guys in a restaurant around the table. Three were seated, one the waiter. And they were giving bad time to the waiter. One of them say, I'm going to ask my father to buy me a porch. 
The second one said, I'm going to ask my father to buy me a Ferrari. And the third one said, I'm going to ask my father to buy me a Lambo. And the waiter said, I'm going to ask my father not to sell anything to you. <laughs> it's important to have a special father, yes or not? But Christians, we have the best one, the owner of everything, and the one who really loves us. John 1.11 says, He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. This is a blessing. This is our son. We should be happy every day, every moment. This sermon is for you to be happy. I want to see you smiling. You just have to see what kind of love the Lord gave you. You are his child. But you may have a question. If it is a blessing, why do people not realize it? Why they don't listen? Why they are ignoring me? They make fun of my beliefs. I feel isolated and I feel like a stranger. What is the reason? Let's read the last part of verse 1. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know him. It's the only one reason. It's the only one reason. Don't look for something else. The world crucified Jesus. The world loves the world, but not God. People can say, I love God. Everybody said that. I love God. But when you ask them to start living for him, they don't want to. Simple. They don't want to know the real God. They made their own God, and that's idolatry. That's why real Christians don't fit in the worldly system. The world is blind, and they love darkness. They can't see the light. They don't like the light. The world is opposite to God. The only way to make the world happy is be like the world. But God didn't call us to make the world happy. He called us to preach the truth even if the world doesn't like it. If the world collapse into the church is because the church looks like the world. If the world sinks into the church is because the church is singing what the world wants to hear. But if the church is like God wants, the world will feel awkward and most of them will fly away. But chances are that the gospel of God changes someone and rescues them from hell. Remember, 
We are, we are in the world, but we don't belong here. John 15, 19. If you were of the world, the world will love you as its own. But because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. This is Jesus talking. Jesus said that the world, world hates us. You believe Jesus? I have many friends in the world. They love me. Okay. Start preaching to them. Then you're going to have extra fingers to count your friends. They don't want. They don't want the world. Real believers should keep, should keep more than six feet away from the sinful practices of the world. More than that. Are you a child of God? Or are you of this world? In the, if the world has rejected you because of the Bible, because of your faith, don't feel bad. It is normal for authentic Christians whose father is God. Verse 2. Let's read. Beloved, we are God's children now. Here, John makes a very important statement. It looks like John is just repeating the same thing. But we have to pay special attention to the word now. Being children of God is the same as being saved. So we are saved now. Some people believe that salvation is an event that may happen in the future if the person does enough good works. They are not sure if they will be saved because they have to keep making credits. We don't have to do anything to be children of God. All is made by him. You say, amen? Everything is made. If I have to do something, I'm going to fail. But he done everything perfect. The Bible says that salvation is free. It is a gift. It is by grace. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. Now, we have to be careful when we define who is a child of God. People said, we all are children of God. Those are the same that say that they love God. The Bible doesn't teach that. The Bible clearly tells us that there are children of God or children of Satan. There are no orphans in this world. If you go to 1 John 3.10, you're going to find out. Children of God or children of Satan. God will save some people and will, will send others to hell. People don't want to hear it. It is too ugly for the world. And they want to believe that God will receive everyone in heaven. That is false. That is wrong. And we have to say that so that people can change their mind. 
and come to repentance. Children of God are only the ones who believe in Jesus Christ as the only Son of God, the only way to go to the Father. They have repented from all their sin and are living for him even if the world doesn't like it. The rest, the rest are just creation of God. They are enjoying of the common grace, but not this kind of love of God. They are ready for hell if they don't repent on time. That's why we have to work hard to go and let them know. Repent, repent, so that you're going to have eternal life. You're going to have, you're going to, you're going to come a child of God. John said, we are today done. God is our father. We are saved, ready already. You say amen? Amen. What amen means? Amen means I'm okay with that. I like it. Go to the second benefit. We will be glorified by God. And it says, if you keep reading, and what we will be has not yet appeared. We saw the first benefit. And I believe that it is the cause, the cause of the other two. Now, if it was not enough, there is something else to come. We will be better. We will be better. The best version of us is yet to come. So, when it will happen, and what is it? Keep reading. But we know that when he appears, this is when, we shall be like him. This is what? Because we shall see him as he is. The best is coming. That's what we call glorification. This paragraph that we are taking contains three things. The first, the first we are children of God, that's justification. Nobody can be a child of God if he's not justified. So now we are talking about glorification. And after that, we're going to talk about sanctification. That's the three aspects of the salvation. Glorification is in the future. It's in the future. In his second coming, we will see him, and that will have an awesome effect in our lives. And we're going to come like him. We will be perfect like him. Can you imagine being like Jesus? It doesn't fit in my mind. I believe it, and, and I, I want to. Can you imagine the moment when you will become perfect? You won't have any bad ideas or bad attitude? You might ask, Sergio, 
Is that possible for my sister-in-law? Yes, that is possible. Mm -hmm. We won't have false motivations. Your spouses at all. No heartburns when you see your spouse's family. No laziness, no overeating, no desires to show off. No forgetting what your wife wants you to do. <laughs> now they are rejoicing. <laughs> Brothers and sisters, after 24 years of marriage, let me tell you something. If your husband said, I will do it, he will do it. You don't have to remind him every six months. Glorification is a great benefit. We will not offend God anymore. We will be clean forever. Just pure, no regrets, no frustration because you are failing your Lord. Real Christians have regrets when they fail God. Big regrets. Is that right? Paul was not the exception. Romans 7, 24. Wicked man that I am. Wives like that. Wicked man that I am. <laughs> they like that we agree that. Who will deliver me from this body of death? Who? That's a big question. And you and I should be asking every night. When we come to the Lord and we offer him, this is my day, Lord, I am sorry. Forgive me. I'm waiting for the day that you, Lord, are going to change all this. Even if sometimes I feel special because I did something good, the very next day, I realize that not everything is perfect on me, believe it or not. Real Christians are looking forward to getting there, to be in that level, totally sanctified. Zero percent fail, nothing, nada mano, nada. No sin. Women will be happy because men will be perfect. Men will be happy because there won't be concept of marriage. <laughs> Please erase that. <laughs> we love each other. I love my wife, she loves me. Otherwise, we split. Yeah? But time is coming when we won't make mistakes. That's awesome. When you come up from the church today, tonight, go and think about this. I will be perfect. Also, our body will not have pain, sickness, tiredness of fear. 
or fear. No getting old, no getting fat, no more hair loss. Yeah. I used to have more energy than now. I used to go sleep two o'clock in the morning. Next day, let's play soccer. No problem. No problem. Now I need one week to recover. Is this awesome for you? I'm going to recover my hair. Yeah, it's falling down. Yeah. How do you avoid hair loss? Shave it yourself. Get rid of it once. The Lord is going to fix all of these things. Are you sick? You feel some pain after 40s, after 40s. Sometimes I am just waiting in a chair. When I stand up, something hurts. I don't know why, I don't know, I don't know how, but something hurts. No reason. Yes, age. I'm getting older, and you too. Romans 8.18, Paul says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are no words comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. That hope keeps us alive, waiting, alert. There is something better than this. If this is it, oh, so sad. But this is not it. We're going to be perfect. We're going to be glorified. And we are waiting for that day. We are looking for. Amen? Number three, we have been sanctified. It's okay. We are saved now, and we will be perfect. But what, what happened in between, number three, some, some um, scholars, some teachers, Bible teachers or preachers use this number three in the next section. But the word and is inclusive, and I'm going to use it right here. For more reason, the hope is here that he is coming. And purification it's related with the, with the previous verse. So, verse 3, And everyone who does hope in him purifies himself as he is pure. So here, there is our job. You cannot have, you cannot win salvation by works. You cannot get glorification by works, that's free. That's the Lord's job. But sanctification in this life is our work. Of course, we cannot do it alone. But that's why we have the Holy Spirit to help us. That's why we have the Word of God. That's why you have some people beside you who reminds you 
who exhorts you, who encourages you. So sanctification is the result or of being active at church and be practicing in the private life what we learn here. Don't forget, here, John is talking about all the real believers. Believers hope for him. They are waiting, as we said. They know that the only one solution for suffering in this world is the second coming of Christ. The church cries out, come, Lord Jesus. For some people, the second coming is going to ruin their lives because they are enjoying too much in the world. But the real Christians say, come, Lord Jesus. I am waiting for you. The apostle Paul said in his second letter to Timothy, chapter 8, verse 8, Henceforth, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. You love the second coming of Jesus? If not, start doing that. So, we are his wife. We are his body. We love his second coming. We want to see him. But as his wife and his body, we need to keep, to keep cleaning ourselves to be cleaner when he comes. You want the Lord to see you dirty? No. Sanctify yourself. Work hard on that. We need to improve our obedience. Keep sanctifying our lives. This is our responsibility. Be holy as I am holy. We don't gain salvation by works, as I say. We are saved, but we have to fight this daily battle against carnality, against the world, against the devil. The Bible is continuously telling us that it's necessary to look for our sanctification. It is good to have the benefit that, that we can be sanctified in this life. If we have this feeling, this pulse feeling, I look at me and it's hard to see my weaknesses. That sometimes even if I love the Lord, I'm failing so bad. So for us that have that feeling, it's good to know that we can get better. We can improve. Real Christians are trying hard. Winning that fight is possible to some level, but we only need the help from the Holy Spirit. And we have to pray for that Holy Spirit, sanctify me.
Sanctify me. And we, we will know more the will of God to us, talking about sanctification, reading the Bible. Investing time at the church, sharing with brothers, serving, and so on. That's why the writer of Hebrews said, don't stop coming church. Don't stay home. Come to the church. There is an effect of our, our lives that are going to, is going to help us to be sanctified. Brothers and sisters, this life can become too hard if we don't see how great the love of our Father is. Set your mind in the awesome blessing we got by but being children of God. Don't try to feed in this world because that's a waste of time. You can only make them love you if you stop telling the truth. You can try hard to bring people from the world to, the, to Jesus, but not to entertain them, but for their repentance and change of their lives. Encourage yourself to think about the eternal life that you already have in Jesus Christ. Set as life goal to be like Jesus. Live for him. Love him. Wait for him. He is coming soon. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord. We love you. Thank you for these lines. I think you said something tonight to our hearts. Bless my brothers and sisters here. Bless this church as you have been doing for years. Don't let us look at the world as something better than you. We love you. We don't want to leave you. We want you to come soon. We are waiting for you. Do your will in our hearts. Come soon. In Jesus Christ.